Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. National team for these June friendly Nations League games. Hit like and subscribe, YouTube family. Make that happen. We have a lot to discuss. Let's get after it. Yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another excited installment of In Soccer We Trust. It's an emergency in Soccer We Trust because the U.S. men's national team roster for June has been dropped. 27 players have been named to this roster. We're going to get into it very, very shortly. But also, Hollywood Heath Pierce is joining me today. I'm Jimmy Conrad. Unfortunately, Charlie Chuckwagon Davies is not around. He's traveling because he's a big timer. He's got a lot of jobs, wear a lot of hats, Mr. Chuckwagon. But also, minutes before this roster drop from U.S. soccer, Heath Pierce, Gaga Slonina has said he's committed in his future. The goalkeeper, 17-year-old goalkeeper from the Chicago Fire, who just got called up by the Poland. Now, great. We're also going to talk about Thomas Tuchel's comments about Christian Pulisic and his recent performance where he may or may not miss a sitter. It's all for interpretation. We'll get into that as well. But this is going to be a fun one. Heath, what's interesting about the Gaga Slonina news is that I thought for him to commit to the U.S., we were going to have to dangle some carrots there for him to nibble on, you know? Like, hey, mm-hmm. we'll call you into the June uh, roster. We'll, we'll get you. You're going to be on the, the 26, 27-man roster for the World Cup. Don't worry. It's, everything's going to be fine. And he's not on this roster for June. So let's start with the goalkeepers first because it's Ethan Horvath from Nottingham Forest, Matt Turner from the New England Revolution slash Arsenal, and Zach Steffen from Manchester City. But no, no Gaga Slonina, Heath Pierce. Yes. I mean, this is this. I actually like this because it's it's on the day of a roster drop, which I think is the most statement day that you expect that there's some sort of quid pro quo going on between Gaga Slonina and the national team, some sort of secret promise of, of, of access. And I think it's, again, it's another signal that there's something special happening with this national team uh, in terms of why he's committed. Obviously uh, being a dual national, it's a very personal decision as to why you would uh, commit for, for either national team, but he was just called in for Poland as we had heard. And then he's chosen the U S and he's not even called into this camp. And obviously he's 17 years old. There's so much more time for him. He's a talented player. Charlie Davies has said it. There's still a lot of his game that needs to be worked on until he's really international caliber. But to make a statement like that on a day that a roster comes out, on the day that your name will not be on the list, I think is is a is a really great sign of his commitment and that there wasn't strings attached to it. No, and I, I agree. I think that was uh, pretty mature. We had a theme earlier in our other podcast today about the collective bargaining agreements for the women's national team and men's national team. If you didn't catch that, make sure you go listen on any podcast platform of choice or catch it on the YouTubes. But 
it seems like a mature decision from Gaga Salonina as well. But let's go through the roster. I'm just going to name all the names for everybody listening and not watching because it's up on the screen right now. As I mentioned, Horvath, Stefan Turner are our goalkeepers. Defenders, George Bello, who moved from Atlanta United to Armenia Bielefeld into the Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. They just got relegated, unfortunately. Reggie Cannon from Boa Vista in Portugal. Cameron Carter-Vickers, who won the Scottish Premiership with Celtic. Aaron Long, back to being close to full health with uh, New York Red Bulls. Anthony Robinson getting the call in. Joe Scally, I think, is a name that people are going to be hungry to see. He's going to get some opportunities here. DeAndre Yedlin, Walker Zimmerman. Those are the defenders. Midfielders, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre. Weston McKinney's back in, but apparently they're going to really manage his minutes because he just started training with Juventus. Georgi Mihailovic from Montreal. He's been in fantastic form for his club at MLS. Nice to see him getting a call back in. Yunus Musa, Christian Roldan, and Malik Tillman. Now, Malik Tillman... Just announced a couple of days ago that he's going to make a one-time switch from Germany to the U.S. Apparently, the paperwork has not gone through just yet. But when it does, they're hopeful that he'll get some minutes in these uh, four four games in this particular window. Brendan Aronson, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferrer, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic, Timothy Weah, and Haji Wright, who has been tearing it up from or in Turkey. Excuse me. Now, there were a couple of things that we need to discuss, right? We need to discuss a couple things. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, Greg Berhalter said we're going to get a mental break, and he is honoring that and giving him a break. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Serginho Dest, still out hurt. Gio Reyna, still out hurt. Chris Richards is still out hurt. They're all recovering from injury. That's why they're not going to get called in. Jordan Pifalk and Josh Sargent are both injured. And Daryl DK was given the chance to continue his rehab progress. So apparently he was still on the radar, and, and uh, they're going to give him a chance to rehab. Now, I guess Greg is going to emphasize, apparently in a press conference or in the press release, that the door isn't closed by any means on guys that weren't on this roster. There are injuries and other factors that influence his choices for this particular window. I just named all the names. Some 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 pleasant surprises in there. Guys yep. that have merited this inclusion. Are you happy with this roster overall? Um... <clears throat> Who, who I am. I mean, I mean, again, it's my my long sigh isn't because of um, players missing due to non-selection. It's it's players missing due to injury, right? Players that I would like to see in this group: Jordan Pifok being one, Daryl DK again being one. That I just want to see healthy and competing for these spots. I do like the addition of Tillman, and I think Tillman could be a case, and we'll see how he plays in the national team, similar to what I think Yunus Musa was, where you just see something. Right. Yunus Musa, you could tell from the very beginning whether Yunus Musa is playing or not at at Valencia. I want him on the field with the national team. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think you get a few of these types of players that are young enough that have enough of that ability where you're like, man, every game they're getting better. Every game they're showing something and they're showing this maturity. And so I think he could potentially be a player that is one of your few sort of doesn't fit the mold in terms of first team minutes and experience and all those things that could be a really bright side for this team. But again, we thought that about Joe Scally, who was actually playing, got called in, didn't seem like the right time. Greg got a couple looks at him, hasn't uh, has been in and out of the team the second half of the season. But he's another one that I'm excited about because you're like, OK, a game of less pressure. But ultimately for him, a game to prove himself that he's at the international level, that he can compete, that he should be in consideration for the World Cup, especially considering his his ability to be versatile in a number of positions. So so when I look at this, what I think is up for grabs, everybody humor me here for a second. OK. I feel like there's still space for our outside backs. Now, obviously for our center backs, undoubtedly because of Miles Robinson tearing his Achilles. That, mm -hmm. that starting spot at the moment is next to Walker Zimmerman, and I think that's up for grabs. 
Now, now I feel like our depth is is kind of there. They got to get that figured out. What I find interesting is that Joe Scally's in, George Bellows in, we got De- DeAndre Yedlin in. Okay, mm-hmm. Scally can play either side, right or left. He did it for Bruce yeah. Bunch and Gladbach. He can play on either side. I'm wondering for like these little mini matchups in camp, who can outlast the other? Who can play better when they get their minutes? I really feel like George Bellow is going up against Joe Scally in that back line from from a goalkeeper perspective. Per- perspective, excuse me. I think it's between Zach Steffen and Matt Turner to see who starts. So I'm curious to see who gets the first game against Morocco and who gets the next game against Uruguay, right? And then I feel like when we get to Granada and El Salvador in the Nations League, I I, I, I don't want to say hate. Hate sounds really strong, but I dislike when we might try a Joe Scally in that game where the competition isn't as stiff as it would be against an Uruguay or Morocco. How do we know how Joe Scally is going to be in a World Cup game if we're rolling them out against Granada for 60 minutes, you know what I mean? I don't, I just not like for like for me. So there's all these little mini battles here. Now, now Cameron Carter Vickers coming back in is interesting. He's going to be battling Aaron Long and, and Eric Palmer Brown, uh, which who we just interviewed on in soccer. We trust uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week and excited to have him on and a friend of the show. Uh, I, it, it, there's so many questions here, but these are all good questions to have because it means we actually have some talent and some depth that we know we can trust Hopefully, we're going to learn that in these next uh, four games. By the way, just so you guys know the schedule, June 1st, we play against Morocco. Uh, June 5th, we play against Uruguay. June 10th, we play against Granada at home. And then finally, we hit El- hit the road to play El Salvador in El Salvador on June 14th. Those are the four mm-hmm. games in this. This is a big window because we only have two more friendlies after this, everybody. So there's going to be a lot of evaluating, I think, in these four games. Yeah, and that's obviously what I think the approach that we took. I had a chance to to talk to a couple people who uh, were left off of the roster, who spoke to Greg having conversations with them uh, about needing to evaluate some other players in terms of knowing where those players stood uh, in, in the pecking order, what they bring to the table, and that this was a, an, an opportunity to evaluate. And when I think about that starting tandem, I mean, this is what's hard, right? I, I don't, I don't think that... Miles Robinson was in, in in the greatest of forms. I think that that position had an asterisk next to it in terms of being a starter. Now, right. I think it was his spot to lose, but I think it was a spot that wasn't a lock. And now it's completely open and not a lot of time to find out who that person next to Walker Zimmerman could be because we know that that's Walker Zimmerman's back line now, right? He's taken responsibility, accountability of that back line okay. and who's going to be the one that that is able to impress in a very small amount of games, right? If you're you're going in, Jimmy, you know what it was like, right? And there was times that you feel like this when you're in the national team. Okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Morocco and I'm gonna get Uruguay, and then someone's gonna get Granada, and they're gonna get this easy game, and you're gonna feel you know what I mean, like where he yeah, starts yeah. to want to balance, like oh, you're gonna give him that game, like where you have the ball the whole time and you're passing out of the back, and every pass is is completed and it's not under pressure and things like that. And that's why I actually like Joe Scally in terms of the versatility. We'll be able to test that, or maybe you say okay at Gladbach or in the Bundesliga, which is a very high level, it's not quite the same. Um, as the national team, because the significance of losing the ball in the national team or not making the right pass is 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 of of higher, I don't know, um, value, I guess, uh, okay. of keeping the ball than in the club level. Uh, and I'm kind of on a on a little bit of a of a wild goose chase of what I'm saying right now. But my the the, the point that's, being that's that, when you're at your best. So keep yeah, going. Yeah. The, the the point being that I think there's a number of evaluations that are going to be made. That when we went back and talked about what does Greg need to do in this window? What is the purpose? What do we bring in? Do we do we want our best 11? And and would that be the value to get more games for our best 11? Or is it to be able to evaluate players to know if they can contribute to your national team 
at this upcoming World Cup. And and I'm trying to think back, and Jimmy, maybe you felt, you know, I got called into that 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 Germany game, 2006, March 2006, before your World Cup there. And I was one of the bubble players. I came in for Corey Gibbs. But I remember, by and large, was it not the, the A team uh, for that game? And it was the best starting team? Or, or again, I'm thinking about 2010 uh, also, the, those games leading up. They were kind of a mix, but, you know, so thinking of... What's interesting priority, is, yeah. no, I'm glad you brought this up because I think I had referenced it off camera uh, a little earlier today about which guys on this roster could play their way into the team and which guys on the roster could play their way out of it. And I felt like in that March 2006 friendly against Germany at Westfalen Stadion where Borussia Dortmund play was a big moment for us bubble guys. I started that game only because Eddie Pope was hurt. So I wouldn't have been a first choice, but I was on the back line with Corey Gibbs and Greg Burhalter and Steve Chirundolo was kind of playing like a right wing back in, in a lot of different ways because mm -hmm. we kind of rolled out three center backs in that one. But um, And I remember after that game, we lost 4-1. And I just didn't play with – I played a little timid. Let me say it like that. I didn't I didn't go take take the game to oh, it's Miroslav Klose or, or uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger or Michael Bollock or those guys. I didn't, I didn't feel like I put my stamp on things. And, and I do regret being as timid as I was. And I remember getting on the plane with Brian Ching and neither one of us really drank a lot at that particular time in our lives, but we both thought that we just played our way out of the team. And I remember being in the elevator afterwards and I was looking for some, ah, I guess, I guess I needed a little bit of a hug. Right. And, and mm. cause I was feeling pretty bad and, it, and I was in the elevator with Casey Keller and he, you know, obviously he's embarrassed. He gives up four goals. It was zero, zero at half, by the way, we lost four one. So that kind yeah, of but by the way, Casey Keller was wearing that beanie that doesn't cover your ears on that camp. In goal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember that. I do I specifically remember. remember that being like, what are you doing? Uh, wasn't he at Gladbach at the time as well? Like, I, I think I remember, he was, I, yeah. there was, there I was, was like, some... Casey, what are you doing with that hat on? He took, he took, I think he took that loss hard Casey yeah. and, and, and in a way that I wasn't necessarily empathizing with or not really appreciating or understanding mm -hmm. what he was going through. But we were in the, the, the elevator after the game, just me and him. And I kind of, you know, when you throw out that comment and somebody's like, nah, man, you played. Okay. You know, you're like, you're just, <laughs> you're fishing for that one yeah, comment. Oh, just yeah. make just and, and, and he's like, yeah, it wasn't good enough. You know, that's what he said to me. And so I was looking, I was looking for some warmth and yeah. I got, I got the cold. The coldest of cold. I got yeah. the coldest of colds. Honestly, I was so crestfallen because I'd worked so hard to put myself in a position to maybe, maybe make the team mm -hmm. that to kind of hand it, hand it off by playing timid really bummed me out. So, so I went back into my room. I, for whatever reason, didn't have a roommate that game, that, that camp. And I cried, dude, I cried and I cried because I thought that was it. I thought mm -hmm. I'd played my way out of the team. And so when Chingy and I were back on the flight, we were the only ones on that flight because we were flying to the same destination. We both were like, why don't we have a drink? We're not going to make the World Cup team anyway, you know? And yeah. uh, so we had a drink and had a good time on the way back. But uh, it was it was heartbreaking. And and I feel like these we're now in that section of time, right? We're now, we now are in these friendlies now where things are going to be determined. Greg has to make hard decisions. This isn't a, hey, we got 10 games in qualifying and a whole bunch of friendly. I, we're getting to crunch time. And this is really, and I like that there's that type of pressure because I think you're going to figure out who can help you in high pressure situations and who can't. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, that's the importance of this. Cause I had my own, uh, my own sort of, uh, feelings of going into that final camp before the 2010 world cup. It was like 10 day camp or something thinking like, does any of this really matter? Like <laughs> if I'm going into a <laughs> final camp, really I mean, just sort of like you're going into the final camp going like at that point, I was probably at like 30 caps or something like that. 
most of them under Bob, like, is anything I, I do really going to have a significance in this? And it kind of allowed me to just go open and free and play. Now, I didn't have a great game in the Czech Republic match that we had as like the final tune up before the, the night that they were announcing the roster. I didn't have, I didn't play spectacularly. But, don't, um, but isn't that that's the thing though? If you're on the bubble, and this is what hurts, if you don't play well, it gives them a reason to be like, well, you didn't play well right there. Like, yeah. even if they, they were kind of leaning towards you and they're kind of leaning towards, you know, you're like, it's between you and somebody else. It's those goddamn well, dude, fine margins that are going to work against you. Well, that's, that's that's what like my own mentality, and this is living within the vortex of my own brain, which is not that fun at times. But I was like, uh, again, I go back to this. I think it was El Salvador we were playing against. There was a player coming in for me. I ended up whipping the ball into Ching. He scores on a header. That's This is 2010. Uh, I ended up playing really well that game. That in my mind was like, okay, that got me the call up to the Holland game, which was at Amsterdam Arena. And I came in the second half after Johnny Bornstein got eaten alive by Ar- Arjen Robin uh, in the first half. And uh, and I was I, I was like, I don't want to play against this guy either. Dude. He was <laughs> killing everybody. I was like, Johnny, keep Johnny in. So I come in, also had a, a, a pretty solid performance. We, we had some momentum swings in that game where we started to come back. I think we scored our goal when I was on the field. And again, I'm living within the most horse blinders of horse blinders in terms of like my own... Uh, destiny, right? And I feel like that performance got me to the final camp, which I, I I was under the impression that Bob wanted to take me out during that game. Why would he take me out in that game if if I had any importance uh, in the national team? I get to the next game, I come in. I think it was halftime or early second half. You know, what do I do if if this is you know I got to prove myself? I thought I did well there, even though we lost. Okay, that got me to the final camp, and then I was in the final camp, going like, am I too caught up in in all of this? But when you're a French player, you're a bubble player, you're looking at any minute with a chance to be able to almost unfairly have to prove yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of these players are going to be going through in this camp. There's a number of guys, when I look at this roster, Jimmy, that feel like under, you know, take the injuries out, out, of, out of this group, but uh, out of what the team is suffering from right now, or, or actually include the injuries of the players that are not there. And you're talking about, when I think about bubble players, George Bello, Reggie Cannon, Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, Eric Palmer Brown, Joe Scally. I mean, it, you're starting to eliminate where you're like, just by numbers, you can't do that. But with all the injuries, you start to think through this, right? And then uh, and they go into the midfield. And I think Mihailovic, uh, Christian Roldan, Malik Tillman, those are my bubble players there. And then up top, you're talking about, uh, you know, between Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, uh, you know, Haji, Haji Wright. Wright. Yeah, there's, there's just, that's a lot of bubble players that if we have our full strength roster, which again, we won't have, because uh, Robinson is, is is now out, but you're talking about a number of them. We'll probably bring more forwards uh, as more bubble forwards than you would anywhere else. But there's a lot of guys with a lot to prove that probably don't feel all that secure in their national team situation. Whereas, like at least I remember going into 2010, there was 18 guys that you knew were a lock. It was just from there who could bring enough value to be in, or say not 18s, maybe a lot, but 16 players that were a lock. You know for sure your first subs, your midfielders, your guys that start a game, out a game. Like that, your um, Kellen Acosta types, right? That are super valuable. But beyond that, there's a lot of players that now have four games of a number of different sort of some of consequence, but against different opponents, and then two friendlies against top teams that have have to be able to harness that insecurity into a performance that gets them on that plane to Qatar. Now, okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What I want to say this, this is speaking from experience, what I really value about this particular camp, and this isn't unique to us because every national team is going to have the benefit of this, but we have arguably, what, 14, 15, 16 days together? And what used to piss me off when I get called in, not that I was ever pissed about being called in, but when I get called into a normal FIFA window, and we're going to see it in September when we have the two friendlies, right? You're going to have basically a week with each other. It's impossible, impossible to try to beat out one of your teammates for a starting position in those windows, Heath, because the guys are coming from a long trip. The coaching staff's not going to like put you through like the hardest training session of all time. So you never really get to compete against the guys that have already been quote unquote called first choice. So how do you ever, when you're, when you're up against them, how do you ever kind of chip away? Like, hey, I'm closing the gap, coaching staff. I'm getting a little bit closer to the guys ahead of me. But if you can't demonstrate that, it all comes back to your club form. So what I feel like is what's happening here with this, this unique window of, seven, let's say, 17 days together, or maybe even longer, maybe 20 days together, if they have a week in advance of all these games. That's an incredible opportunity for these guys that are on the bubble to, to actually have some moments to compete and to know that they are going to get some minutes and some valuable games. To, to prove themselves. Yes, some of them are probably going to be like, oh man, I, I don't, I want to prove against, you know, Morocco or Uruguay, not, not Granada. Not that they won't take those minutes, but the competition's different, right? So yeah. there's a lot to unpack there. And I always remember being frustrated. Like, I'm never going to get past Eddie Pope and Gooch. Like, if I never get a chance to get on the field, how am I ever going to yeah. like chip away at that type of stuff? So it's a big I- opportunity because we have an extended window here for one thing on the field performance. And then, and then this is really important, Heath. This is why I made the 2006 World Cup roster, in my humble opinion, is that I had a great attitude off the field. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I made the team better by my attitude and my spirit and my positivity, which always brought you down, of course. But, but that's a joke. That's a yeah. Just I, between I, Heath and I, I by yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I do remember um, being called out by Bob Bradley for sitting with a, everybody. At dinner tables. I know. Like I was I know, with this I group. I was with that group. I you're with that group. And it was seen as like this insecurity that I didn't have a group or that I was like gossiping or something like that. And I remember thinking about like, I'm doing my, like, I felt like, you know, I was invited uh, when we'd have our Tuesday evenings out by the older guys, you know, with, with uh, uh, Chirundolo and Bocanegra and all of these guys. Uh, Tim Howard would invite me with that group. I also had my age group of guys, which is your Sasha Questions. Benny Philhabers, you know, um, Robbie Rogers, Robbie Rogers, uh, you know, Stu Holden, like that group of guys. And I always prided myself in just trying to be likable and like fit in with these guys and have similar interests. And I remember being called out for that as like a thing of like not having my group or my crew, which I thought was very bizarre. But, but the, 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 the um, it is bizarre. Just to, yeah, just, just to, yeah. just to stamp that, stamp the end of that. Cause I just had to throw that out. I had nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but one of No, no, that. no. But I think uh, it does actually play into how someone fits into the greater 
good of the team, yeah. right? So this, and, and, and 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 are you because because there's a lot of comments right now. Where's John Anthony Brooks? Where's John Brooks? Why isn't John Brooks in? Yeah. Listen, I'm surprised that you're surprised about that. John Brooks hasn't been called in and been yeah. an influential part of this conversation with the national team for quite some time. And I don't think any performance he was going to give with not, Wolfsburg was going to yeah, change. It's not a club form thing. It's There's more than that. There's got to be sure. something more to that. And I think it might have to do with when John Brooks isn't playing, he, I, there's got to be some added. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to designate or, or add a perception to him. I don't know John Brooks, but I don't know what else to, to surmise from this situation. Like right. what else could it be about John Brooks? Yeah as to why he's not getting called in and there must be something off the field that is not jiving well or he called out greg to his face and there's like a beef between the two which happens from time to time yeah um it's funny that that you know i I remember specifically thinking about okay john anthony brooks's context there's obviously something bigger to it and you knew that there was always there was it was the Pablo Mastroni where like something had happened. And I'm not saying that's happened with Brooks, but we knew when Pablo never came back into the national team. Why? You know, it was I knew why I, I can yeah. tell you I now mean, if you, you want to get yeah. into it. No, I mean, we, we, we all in within the, but, within but at the that circles, time, nobody knew why, right? Yeah. Nobody knew why, but you just start to wonder like, why is Pablo not in the national team anymore? Uh, when he, but he when called he was, out Bob, I just want to throw yeah. it out there. He called out Bob Bradley and this is the best. Pablo called out Bob Bradley for saying that no one, should have an automatic starting spot with the national team. It should always be earned. And that was in reference to Bob's son, Michael. So just so everybody knows. And after that conversation, Pablo Mastriani never got called back in again. Yeah. So you guys can take that for what it's worth. Go ahead. Continue yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, the context of that is that Michael Bradley started his second game under Bob and started every game under Bob for the entirety of Bob's reign. Uh, every single game that he was I wish my I think it's almost 100 <laughs> Don't get me wrong. At a certain point, Michael Bradley was the best midfielder we had for he was, a very, he was, he very was. long period. But there were there were also times that we were all in a rotation that didn't seem seem uh, fair. That clearly Bob trusted Michael uh, more than others uh, in that situation. But when I think about you know building the roster of these teams, the point I was trying to get to before was that I, I was here in LA recently, and and Pierre, uh, when Pierre Brieu, who was our our uh, strength and fitness coach um and then eventually an assistant coach with the national team um by title had been talking to a friend of mine that i had just met when i had first moved out here it was another french guy and 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 he had talked to me he said yeah i caught up with pierre and pierre said that you were a really good gamer but you were horrible in training and i remember that not always being (laughs) my i remember that being a case with, with the national team like i just never felt comfortable never felt myself never felt whatever and i really struggled to like do it at the at the training level and the reason I bring that back up is that you have to, as a coach, be able to see the players that you know you can trust in match time. Now you have some guys that can train well, guys that can't, and that was held against me because for, for a number of reasons, I'm sure. But other guys, we talk about Ricardo Pepe not being great in training and things like that. We've heard Greg Berhalter talk about we've had a chance to look at them. We've had a chance to look at them. And when you're talking about two, three days, that's really hard to prove yourself, right? It's a high-stressful environment. You're, you're stepping in as a new player, and there's all these people in little groups having fun and laughing and joking. They got all these contacts because they play. Jimmy, you would know more than anybody. They played youth national teams together. They mm-hmm. played in a World Cup together. And now here you are, this outlier, trying to like you know figure out where you fit into it. And then in a small amount of time, prove that you're incrementally better than a guy that's been in already. It's a lot to do in a small window. But when I look at this group and this roster that he's called in, there's a number of guys that are actually going to do it because there hasn't been... Um, you know, there's a lot of bubble players in this roster that they need to get a final look at to know, uh, 
are, are they World Cup caliber? Because even DeAndre Yedlin, I didn't mention his name, but is he going to a World Cup? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think he is still a bubble player, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he has more experience than anybody else on the roster. He's got 73 caps for the U.S. men's national yeah. team. And, and that speaks to what he can bring to the table. That experience matters. We know that experience does matter. And sometimes it can help the fine margins in your favor when you have somebody that's been there, done that. Maybe he says the right thing at the right time to the well, yeah, group. Maybe so it could also just be, if not him, then who, right? Uh, right, in right, situation right. In terms of backup of like, okay, it could be Joe Scally who could get the experience here. But what if I actually had to play Joe Scally with very little international experience in a World Cup where I could keep DeAndre Yedlin and know that like, okay, it's not ideal. He's he's doesn't fit necessarily the mold, but I know what I'm going to get from him uh, game in and game out. And there's something, Jimmy, the one thing you could say about your career was consistency, right? And there was a value held to that always that that is sometimes more valuable than the the potential upside or the fact that you could, again, we talk about this a lot, that, that potential nine and a half on a day versus, you know, being consistently... Uh, an eight, or in your right. case, like a like a six and a half. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you knew that six and a half was all hard, baby. Uh, yeah, you know? that six and a half was would kick your kick your ankles for ninety minutes, and it was not fun <laughs> to play against. But you know, it was gonna. But you know, those are the small details. They say six and a half and and, and, and just, but like making it really, really knowing that you're gonna go in and make it hard. Jay 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 Demerit had the same sort of mentality of just he like. Did. He did just kick people, make it hard, like fight like hell. And you had other, other tools of reading the yeah. game and communication. If you're gonna beat me, if you're, I always felt like if you're going to beat me, I'm going to make you earn it, you know? And if you're going to yeah. score, it's going to be the greatest goal you've ever scored in your whole entire life. And, and you know, fair enough if that's what you end up doing to, to have success, but I wasn't going to handy anything. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of uh, one of my many modest operandis to, to kind of, uh, as I evolved as a defender and in my mentality as a professional athlete. Now we talked about John Anthony Brooks. Is there, is there any players maybe that were left off this roster? Let us know in the comments right now on the YouTube. So if you're listening to this in podcast form, hit us up at ISWT pod on Twitter. What about so Tillman's that, brother? You think, uh, Timothy Tillman obviously played a lot of games for good to Firth. 23 year olds could help out in the midfield. I feel like we're kind of stocked in that area per se, but this is as good a camp as any to potentially bring him in, but they didn't. You have Ledesma who just scored for mm -hmm. PSV Eindhoven. Uh, I know he had been hurt or things were going his way. Didn't start any games in the VC this year, but uh, came off the bench five times, but just recently scored. You have Alex Mendez, who plays for Vicela in the Portuguese League. They finished a couple spots above the relegation zone. He's safe. Played a ton of games. Another midfielder for us. Just scored recently against Porto. Maybe these both, both of these players are 21. A lot of upside there. This probably, I don't know if their timing's right. You know, sometimes timing has to get played into this. Lanina? Slanina is another club. We talked about Slanina at the beginning of the show. It's crazy that, uh, you know, he's committing his future without any strings attached. I thought there was going to have to be some carrot to dangle in front of Gaga Slanina to get him to play for the U.S. moving forward. But he's going to go out there and earn it. I like that mentality about him that uh, nothing's being handed to him. He's going to go out there and, and win. The Balogun? Balogun, that's an interesting one as well. That one's more uh, complicated because there hasn't been yeah. a, a dedication uh, to, to the U.S. But sure. certainly... You're kind of basically saying, I'm still young. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, we'll see what, what happens for 2026, which is plenty of time for somebody his age. But, you know, it's kind of one of these like, you know, early, people entering early now into the national team committing like a Yunus Musa are on a great track for the future. And you still got to prove yourself for the next four years. I mean, the, half this team could be gone uh, or not involved based on the fall offs. Everybody looks like there's so much upside, but we've right. seen it before. It's really, really hard to keep a certain level for. Uh, an entire career or a decade plus. Okay, so question for you. 
And here's another question for everybody listening and or watching. Do you go out with your best lineup in your first game against Morocco? And and we're going to obviously have a proper preview show for all this, and we can answer this a little bit more thoroughly once we know who's healthy and who's not. But but do you throw out your best 11? and and Or do you mix the squad? I mean, what do you... I mean, we're trying to figure out our best center back pairing at this point. We're probably trying to figure out Who's going to back up Anthony Robinson in the left back position? Who's going to back up Sergio Dest in the right back position, right? And what are those? What are the chemistries that they have with Walker? Who does Walker Zimmerman prefer? If he's our first choice center back, who does he choose? And then goalkeeper, pretty wide open. Matt Turner now getting back to to good form with the Revs before he makes his move to Arsenal uh, later on this month. So, or excuse me, in June. But you know, there's there's all these questions and and the connections. I don't think Weston McKinney will play this first game. You know, what 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 co- combination of three players do you have up top? I, I'm very curious as to if you could give me a lineup or what you're thinking. Vibes, give me some vibes here, Heath Pierce, about what you think Greg Berhalter and the coaching staff would do. That's them. What would you do also if you had a coaching hat on right now? Yeah, again, I probably want another couple looks at Luca De La Torre. I probably want Mihailovic to get some time as well. Uh, I probably want Joe Scally just to see where he fits into that. But do you do um, it again, Morocco, Uruguay? When do you? Yeah, I think you. I think you need. I think you need a, a, a friendly but a good opponent just to see uh, a style of play, how they fit into that. Joe Scally specifically, because he could he could end up being one that takes DeAndre Yedlin's spot or a Bello spot, or you know, there's a there's a couple of different guys who he could eliminate. Uh, if you're looking at versatility and you're looking at being able to stack your your decks at other positions on the field, that center back position, I, I've actually got a question for you on that in terms of. It's wide open now, right? We say, I, I would say Aaron Long probably has the slight edge or, you know, actually having said that, um, uh, Eric Palmer Brown could also be kind of in the mix for that. Although again, Greg likes his versatility or his ability to do something new, which he's deployed him at. But if you're, if you're that guy, right? And you're five guys going for four spots or six guys, because Mark McKenzie wasn't called into this either, but there's, so there is some longer depth of knots who's not in there. Mark McKenzie has been playing the last month, but needs to probably get a more consistent run of games to, to, to get that spot back. And, and, and he's not new, right? You've got Eric Palmer Brown new. You've got Cameron Carter Vickers new. You've got Aaron long, pretty new in terms of um, coming back from injury. If you're those guys, what do you think Jimmy is, is separating you from, like, are you trying to fit in with Walker Zimmerman? Are you trying to do the things that I, I guess? How much of that is is going to be Walker and wanting and 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 finding that that bond, and how much of that's going to be like you and all out performance? Because if yeah, that's Aaron Long, the, probably has the hardest is, one to uh, hardest or the the least hard pathway to prove himself out of those guys. This this is really fascinating for me because when I have now, while I was listening to you, I put my coaching hat on. And thought, what would I do here? Because because I'm torn. You want to see these other players, right? You want to see what the Joe Scallies and Mihailoviches can do with the A group, right? You want to. I want to see Mihailovic and Pulisic play together. Mm-hmm. I want to see Mihailovic receive balls from Tyler Adams. Maybe maybe De La Torre and Mihailovic is a combination that's just going to blow our minds. I mean, we we just don't know. But then there's the other side of me going, we only have six goddamn games before the World Cup, and we need to continue to build the rapport and trust and understanding as much as possible. Yeah, we're going to have some closed-door friendlies that are going to happen, I'm sure, the lead-up to it and, and all that. And so there'll be some you know, non-public opportunities to, to work on and fine-tune those, those spots. But that makes me not know exactly where Greg is going to go and what I would do in that particular situation. But as it pertains to your center-back spot, 
I always thought that when I played center back, it was nice to have a contrast between the center backs. If one was good at one thing, you want to find somebody else that's that's good at something else. They obviously have to be proficient at <laughs> the basics. But but for me, I was very good at putting guys in good spots. So when I play with Eddie Pope, when Eddie Pope spoke, you listened because he didn't speak very much. I don't stop talking, which is probably why I'm on a podcast and why I do media stuff. So so how do you find that yin-yang balance between and play to the strengths of both of your players? Now, I had the benefit of watching Eddie Pope, Eddie Pope play when I was in high school and, and when I was in college. I, I studied his game. So I knew how he was going to move in every situation because I wanted to be Eddie Pope. So that, the fact that I got to play with him was still surreal for me. But that's what I think you're looking for. So if you've got Walker Zimmerman who brings you, you know, these five strengths, but maybe isn't as strong in this one other area, is there a partner that can fill that void and balance this out in a really meaningful way. That's what I think you're trying to find. And, and I don't know which of the players has the, the, the complementary skill set to what Walker Zimmerman brings, assuming Walker Zimmerman's your number one guy, which I think we could all ag agree that he is. But, but then, then who is it? And, and that's still wide open. I think Eric Palmer Brown, for me, gets, gets a slight edge. But I, I want to see Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, Aaron Long, obviously, is a longtime favorite of of Greg. So I think he's going to get a chance, but is he too much like Walker Zimmerman? You know, I don't know if you want to have a guy that's exactly like him, where I think that Eric Palmer Brown brings a little bit, something different. Cameron Carter Vickers is going to bring a little bit, something different. And that's, that's, that's what I look at when I'm trying to build out a team. How can I get complementary skill sets for my, my, these partner, the meaningful partnerships in different areas of the field. Yeah. Jimmy, I know we need to wrap this, 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 I don't want to wrap it up. Well, I know I want to talk about this. going to freak out if we give him seven hours of, of, no, of, he's of live shows in a, in, in a day. Uh, uh, the one thing that I did just notice um, while, uh, while I was uh, scrolling through Twitter is that Richie Ledesma apparently turned down a call up. Uh, the call Interesting. up um, still potential for dual nationality and um, turn down this call up. No um, problem. Like for me, I don't know how you feel about it, but with the whole guy got Salinina, somebody asked me about it. I said, I just, I just want this guy to be happy. Our careers are short. And if he feels like if any of these players feel like they have an opportunity to go play and be valued in a way that they want to be valued, they should go pursue that opportunity. I don't feel like we should be holding back or peer pressure and making anybody feel guilty about their choice. If Ledesma thinks that playing for Mexico is going to be best for him in his career and it means more to him and his family to do that, dude, we I, I have your back. As a former national U.S. national team player, if you play for Mexico is where your heart is, dude, go do that. You know, And if you think that's a better opportunity for you, you're going to get my 100% support. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think mm -hmm. this dual national thing stuff gets a little crazy at times. I agree. All right. Well, that's the show then, huh? We yeah. done? I guess. I guess we're done. We don't have to be done. Well, we're going to make it done because you know why? We have a lot of this conversation a lot more to get into moving forward. We do three shows a week. If you're new here, everybody, every Monday, Tuesday, excuse me, Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Maybe we'll add a Tuesday in there, but we'll also have special previews for all these games coming up. We'll do uh, live match recaps, and we have special guests. I mean, we had Eric Palmer Brown earlier this week. We had Eddie Johnson the week before that. Uh, we had, who else? Hector Moreno, Mexican national team player. Uh, Hugo Perez right? The coach of El Salvador. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got it. We got it working on this one. Lori Lindsay and Professor Stephen Bank were on earlier talking about the collective bargaining agreement for the U.S. men's and women's national teams. Big, big news there, of course. So make sure you hit like and subscribe. If you're listening to podcasts, hit that subscribe button as well. This was an emergency pod. We'll keep these coming if there's big news to share. So on behalf of producer Alex and Des and Charlie Davies, who's not here, but he says he misses everybody. 
and of course, Hollywood Heat Pierce. I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening to Soccer We Trust, and we will see you next week. Later. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.